What's up, everyone? Welcome to another night of, well, that was easy. And I appreciate everyone turning to the first show. I only got about 11 listeners, but it's better than one. It's better than two. So I can't complain. Just grateful that people tune in. It was really an episode zero. Uh, We're just giving it a shot and just seeing how it goes. And um, it went decent. I liked it. I liked it. Again, let me tell you what the show's about. The show is just about going over some things, maybe some things you didn't know, maybe some things you did know. You know, I like to learn. One thing I love about being grown up is to be ever learning. It's more fun to learn now than it ever has been, especially when it is geared more towards your passions and uh, stuff you would uh, just do for do for free. But um, again, the show's based off the verse of Hosea 4.6, where God tells the prophet, tell my people they will be destroyed, they'll perish, they're going to suffer for a lack of knowledge. And they forgot about God, they forgot about his word, and therefore they, they suffered. And if anybody knows the history, they suffered a lot. And um, I made this show because I just see it. I see it all around me i see it in relationships just about every kind of institution we have in our society so uh that's the point of the show and the mission statement of the show is let us not suffer for a lack of knowledge so again if i can just touch on some things you didn't know or maybe affirm some things you did that'd be great but i'm glad you guys are here tonight uh tonight i'm gonna talk about prayer um you know, just help you with praying. Do you know how to pray? You know, uh, a lot of people don't, but um, I'm just going to speak on it. You know, prayer is uh, defined as a personable communication with God. Over the centuries, mankind has debated this subject of prayer, mainly because of the differences in their gods they chose to worship. But what is it? What does it look like? And am I doing it correctly? For instance, my ancestors, the indigenous Omaha tribe, would pray to their god while sitting in a sweat lodge. A sweat lodge is a makeshift hut with rocks on the inside burning, very similar to a sauna. The Omaha tribe and a lot of other indigenous tribes believe praying while sitting in a very hot sweat lodge meant that their god will see their sacrifice to their own body. It, it would kind of help make their prayers more meaningful and effectual. A lot of tribes will burn sage or cedar while accompanying their prayers, be it for prayer for themselves or praying over a home that has experienced some supernatural issues. My question has always been, what happened if those objects are not around? Does my prayer become null and void or should I not even attempt to pray until I regain these resources? Which leaves me with, uh, when it comes to prayer, where does my dependency rely on? You know, the Lord Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 6, while preaching a sermon on a mount, Jesus stated a couple times this phrase, And when you pray, Jesus is insinuating, as believers, we should always be praying. We should always be communicating with God. Prayer is a personal communication with God. When a believer is always praying to God, it shows that there's a close relationship between the two parties involved. 
We all know communication is vital, part of a healthy relationship. Relationships suffer when there is no communication involved. So a strong prayer life is a mark in a Christ follower's life that there is a relationship with God. For instance, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, we read about Jesus rising up early in the morning and he went somewhere to pray, meaning Jesus sanctified his morning. He set apart a time in the morning to go spend time with the Father. Early in the morning signifies to me that is something that Jesus loved doing. It wasn't out of a burden that he did so. It was out of being blessed by the Father and giving the Father the first fruits of his day. I believe Jesus gave us the perfect example of when you pray. Not only did he pray in the morning, Jesus prayed over those who were sick and needing healing. You know, Mark chapter 8 tells us that Jesus prayed over a blind man to restore the man's sight. Earlier in the same chapter of Mark, we read about Jesus feeding the 4,000 people with a small portion of food. The story goes that Jesus took the loaves, he broke the bread, he gave thanks. Meaning Jesus prayed to the Father and thanked him for the meal. The resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus prayed to the Father. Because in this moment, the Father was going to be glorified. When you pray, Jesus gives us the example of when you pray. Praying in the morning, praying over a meal, praying for someone to be healed, maybe even praying for someone to resurrect. I don't know. You know, I've tried a couple times at a funeral to resurrect somebody. But obviously to no avail, right? But just praying in the morning or, again, over a meal or healing for somebody. That word when means at what time, how long ago, under what circumstance, or upon what occasion. Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus, knew to go to the garden to find Jesus. Because G Judas sorry, knew when it came time to pray, Jesus would go to the garden. Prayer has very much to do with the when in our lives. People around you will know that you are praying or you will be praying no matter what's going down. You know, before Christ's crucifixion, Jesus was in the garden praying to the Father because he knew the task that was before him. But nonetheless, you talk about when to pray under bad circumstances. You know, the gospel, the gospel writers record that even while hanging on the cross, Jesus prayed for those who put him there. And I'm sure you guys remember, it goes like this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in Philippians 4, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The marks of a Christ follower is a strong prayer life because that believer is always communicating with God, no matter the time or do they not let circumstances dictate that communion with God. Let me ask you, when are you praying? Are you praying enough? If not, we should probably be asking why. Why should I pray? 
You know, back to the Sermon on a Mountain, chapter 6, verse 8. Jesus says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. God wants us to pray because prayer expresses our trust in him. It is a means whereby our trust in him can increase. We're to pray with faith, which means our trust, our dependence on God. Before we go on, let us remember we came into this relationship with God. In John 15, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Without me, you can do nothing. It will do us well to remember that it is God who has drawn us to him. And now Christ is our life. He is the vine. We are the branches. He gives the sustenance. He gives the life for the branch. When was the last time you seen a branch fall off a tree and continue to grow and produce fruit? Never. Never, right? Again, Christ is divine. We are the branches. He is our life. So why should I pray? Because without him, we could do nothing. Without Christ, we are dead. Why should I pray? Because God is our creator. He's our sustainer. Therefore, we pray because we trust in him. Our dependence is in God alone. The Bible tells us that for his good pleasure, God has created us and God is pleased when his creation prays to him, communes with him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus said so. I express that again because it's a reminder of who God is to us. If he planned to create us, then we can surely trust that he will take care of us. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding. That verse parallels with many other verses from the Bible on how much we are to trust in the Lord. Why should I pray? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, through a fruitful relationship with God, prescribed by his word and by the work of his Holy Spirit, the trust and faith grows exponentially. Like Jesus, we will find ourselves praying through the most difficult times and through times not so difficult. But when you are rising up early in the morning to begin your day by prayer, to hear from the Father, it is a good sign that that particular individual has their trust in God. That individual's hope and faith is such a strong confidence in God and in His promises. Prayer no longer becomes a thing of piety, but it becomes a thing of fellowship. Prayer brings us into a deeper fellowship with God. And he loves us. He delights in our fellowship with him. We are assured by scripture that God is personal. He's living. He's active. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. He's all-powerful. We know that God can hear and help us. A confident prayer life is built on the cornerstone of Jesus and God's word. It is all true and also spirit-inspired, God's word. More trust in the Lord leads to more worship. We recognize what is of worth, meaning not just ourselves, but in God. 
Only the highest divine being deserves our highest respect, and that's God the Father. Why we pray? That in prayer, God allows us as creatures to be involved in activities that are eternally important. When we pray, the work of the kingdom is advanced. In this way, prayer gives you opportunity to be involved in a significant way in the work of the kingdom and thus gives expression to our greatness as creatures made in God's image. That's good stuff. Again, why we pray? Because we are commanded to pray. Matthew 9, verse 38, Jesus is quoted as saying, Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Why we pray? That is because we have a heart for those who are not saved by God's grace. We know that God saves. So we ask the Lord to send out more disciples into the world, to go and make more disciples. The Great Commission, right? The Great Commission. One way to be active in it is to bathe it in prayer. Colossians chapter 1, we read out Paul's letter that we should be praying for new believers and those believers who are growing in the knowledge of the Lord. We should also be praying for our churches to grow and be prepared to be presented to the Lord in the day of His coming. That's why we pray. Don't you want your church and other churches to be pre presented to the Lord in, in a good and honoring way? You know, the Bible says, let us not be scared of the day of His coming. But if you want more confident in that, start praying. The Bible tells us that the Son, Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. That being said, the Son's church, Jesus' church, is set apart to do the same. Therefore, we should be praying for other churches and believers to go out and do what God has commanded us to do. While we are doing that, <clears throat> excuse me, while we are doing that, like Christ, we are destroying the works of the devil. This is part of the reason why we pray. Kingdom business. Praying for those who are salt and light of the earth. Because in our prayers, when God's glory is the objective, we know when God is glorified, the lost get found and lives get transformed. Remember in John 17, we read Jesus praying for his disciples. Why he did it was because he wanted one day his disciples would be one with him and the Father and also to be where he and the Father are right now. And not only did he pray for his disciples, but also those that his disciples reach with the word of God, meaning us. Over the years, his church has worked and reached others. Again, I ask, why should you pray? Because this should excite you because prayer goes beyond the roof and beyond the clouds. Prayer goes to the heavens, to the Father. It is amazing thought and feeling that God would allow us to be with Him and be a part of His redemption plan. It is amazing grace indeed. Remember when we used to be alienated from God? 
He is holy. We are not. We could not even speak with him or enter or even want to be in his presence. Fortunately, God redeemed us by his son, who is his ransom, our ransom, and the reason that we are holy. Not only is Jesus our Lord, but he is Christ our mediator. You see, Christ is the way to the Father, and no man comes to the Father except through the Son. That being said, the Bible teaches us there is one God. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. This fact should excite any Christ follower because we are assured our prayers are being heard. Revelation tells us that our prayers are like incense before God on his throne. There was a time not anyone could stand before God. There was only one, only one person. He was the high priest appointed at that time. The high priest was the only one who could offer sacrifice and be in the presence of God. Thankfully, thank God that old system is done away with. And Jesus, now our high priest and all those that God has drawn to himself, have the Father, have the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are recipients of the new covenant. No longer do we wait outside of the temple and perhaps wonder if our prayers made it up at all. God hears the prayers because they go to and through his Son. The author of Hebrews concludes that since these things are true, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Christ's mediation is brought up to give us confidence to approach God in prayer. And that address is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. You know, prayer plays a vital part in the believer's life, the Christ follower's life. Without prayer, can you even say that you belong to the Lord? Without prayer, there is no relationship to the Lord. Without prayer, there is no obedience to the Lord. Prayer comes from a heart that places trust in God. This is part of what makes prayer such an intimate time with the Lord. The Bible says, And he who searches hearts know what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Romans chapter 8, 27. A heart geared and guided by the Spirit of God loves the time it spends in prayer, and it benefits the most from the manifestation of God shown to the believer. Even collectively, you see it in the book of Acts as the apostles and other Christ followers met to pray together because of the manifestation of God in their lives. Acts 4.31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Those who pray earnestly and effectually are rewarded because the motive is Christ and Christ alone. Those who profess to be God's people but don't pray never see God in anything. You know, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Um, it's it's popular. You know, we hear it quoted, but it states, "If my people who are called by my name 
humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Though in its context it is meant for the Israelites, the church today could still learn and apply this verse. Unfortunately, there are those who cannot humble themselves. And when you don't humble yourselves, you won't pray. And on top of that, you won't care to be in the presence of God. These people will go on to be deceived and continue in their wicked ways deceiving others. I am talking about those who pray only for once and those preachers who teach them to do so. Teach them to communicate with God for an abundance of cars and houses. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks of such people who pray out loud and in the streets to be seen and heard. Those same people pray long so that people will marvel at their lengthy prayers. Jesus calls these people hypocrites because they want the praise of man and not from God. Jesus says to go into the closet, shut the door, pray in secret to the Father. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I just want to encourage all you out there, if you belong to Christ, pray. Start a prayer life. Start a prayer journal. Now, don't let that be corny. Just keep track of your prayers and your quiet time. Just write it down and, and go back and look at those. Uh, I do that. I don't do it enough, but I keep notes in my phone. And uh, a lot of times I like to go back and look at those things I was going through with the Lord, be it good or bad. But they're just really encouraging and just encourage me that... Uh, to get up and uh, spend time with God. And um, I'm really blessed by that. And I hope this uh, little monologue on prayer encourages you to pray. If you need to hear again, run it back. But um, i just like to thank everyone for uh, tuning in tonight. And hopefully after hearing this, you can say to yourself, maybe prayer will be a little more easier, which is my prayer for you. But anyway, I want to pray for us before we uh, shut down for the night. And uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. It's encouraging. And just give me some feedback. Uh, leave me a voice message and we can put it up on the podcast as well. But let us pray. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for uh, uh, you and all that you're doing all that you've done and what's to come. Father, I just pray for those uh, followers of yours out there that they grow in their prayer life, that you show yourself to them in their prayer life, that they're so encouraged to keep praying. And not only for their own wants, but that they start praying for churches, uh, other Christ followers, that they grow, that they mature, that they pray for your coming and teach us all to Pray for our enemies and those who hate us. Father, I just thank you for this time and, and the opportunity to uh, share this with the people out there. And we just pray all this in your mighty name, Jesus Christ, amen. Well, I thank you guys again. Thanks for tuning in to, well, that was easy. 
And um, I'll let you know when we put up another podcast. God bless, and I hope you guys learned something. Peace.